Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. This week, we have Kaylin Bushhorn joining us. She is the founder of More Than Just Balls, which is an organization dedicated to women's equality and equity in sport. Kaylin, if you want to just introduce yourself real quick. Hi, guys. I'm Kaylin Bushhorn. I am a D3 athlete, and I am just really passionate about getting the women's sports industry more media coverage. Super excited to have Kaylin on today. Her and I have been working together for almost six, seven months now through yep. The Hidden Opponent. We met through THO both as campus captains in the D3 Southeast region. She goes to McDaniel College, and obviously I'm over at Coe College. So first things first, more than just balls, it's grown a ton since you started it over, I believe, 1,200 followers now on Instagram. Do you just want to dive in a little bit to how you got the idea to start it and how it's kind of grown from there? Yeah, I actually started for Class Project. We were asked to start a blog of something that we're interested in. And I just discovered that as a D3 athlete and an avid spectator who loves women's sports, the lack of exposure for women in sports. And so this assignment turned into this company, More Than Just Balls, which was initially created to spotlight women who are players on professional sports teams and and also in admin and coaching positions to show them breaking glass ceilings. And it's now turned into this full-fledged company on Instagram. I also have a website. And it just kind of took off in the months of January and February, um, we ended up reaching over 100,000 accounts in the month of January and growing to do 150,000 in February. And so we've kept growing from there. And I'm just really passionate and just so excited to see what comes from it. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I remember when I had joined the THO family back in August and when I first kind of met you probably September, October, and we started really getting to know each other, you had mentioned that you had this this organization that you were working to build. And I think at that time, I was probably like the 200th follower, something like that. Yeah. Like it was, it was kind of low. And by the time that we both became interns in January, like you said, it had already grown to reaching over 100,000 accounts, which is absolutely incredible for something that was only four or five months old. So yeah. how, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> okay. So th- I always get asked this question and I need to find like a good answer because there really isn't one. But I was honestly just sitting in my dorm room one day listening to my teacher talk and he was like, okay, so you guys have to name your blog. And it just popped into my head out of nowhere. It was the first thing I thought of. I love like puns and double meanings. And so I just kind of wrote it out, ran with it, set it in my head a couple of times. And I was like, nope, this will work. And so it was the first name that I thought of and I just stuck with it. So I created the brand identity with like a brighter orange and a peach color. And it just kind of 
ran from there. I was really inspired by the WNBA. I think them creating orange is a very like standout color and it attracts a lot of attention online. And it's also one of my favorite colors. So it just kind of developed into its own brand all within an hour. Like it was just something I drew up and it worked out. That's kind of how the best ideas tend to bloom. You know, obviously you have organizations that they take their time to, to really get that start and build up. But sometimes it's those kind of just spur the moment. Let's go with it. Let's see what happens. Decisions that can really change your life. Building off what you just mentioned about how the WNBA has inspired you so much, the WNBA released their new uniforms for next season. Do you just want to kind of go a little bit into the numbers behind that and then also the three like types of uniforms and what they each kind of stand for? Because I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, definitely. I think that was such a huge move for them. I think getting some merch that is tells more than just the number and the name of the player, but also has a story behind it. And so they ended up coming out with three editions of the jerseys. And this is their 25th anniversary season. So it's really, really special. And I think like, that's something I need to say again. It's their 25th season. Like, I don't think people realize that. And so we start with the first edition and it's the Explorer. So this is going to be like their team colors, like something more general that we usually see. And then you go into the heroine, which is their white home uniforms, which are just like clean, fresh, sleek, amazing. And then you have these rebel uniforms, which are stories of female empowerment. And my personal favorite one is the Washington Mystics and what they did with theirs. And so their jersey, it has rise on the front. A pink line symbolizes the women's march. And then underneath the pink line is a line that has the 19th Amendment inscribed on it. I hadn't even noticed that 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 pink line symbolized that. That's absolutely incredible. And well done by the marketing team. I'm sure there's some really highly talented women who are like, we're going to do this and we're going to make it happen. It paid off because yesterday's like historic day for the WNBA. All three of these new designs for all 12 teams erupted on social media. There were over 17.9 thousand posts about these jerseys that's over Instagram, Twitter. Like, wow, that's incredible. And then the social value was 1.06 million. This is just another reminder that women's sports are profitable and they're good business. And I think people push them aside. And I think that's something we saw with the NCAA women's tournament and the bubble drama that occurred. And so I think this is just another glaring insight to saying that women's sports, there's only one way for them to go and that's up and they're growing and increasing. And it's time that they're the norm and not the exception. Absolutely. And I think, I believe it was something from Leanne, our wonderful mother in the intern chat um, had posted um, about how it was about how the jerseys and the uniforms, the WNBA themselves had redesigned them to specifically be beneficial for the women that would be using them. So they had different yeah. necklines they would be able to choose from. They had redesigned the shorts to better fit specific like players and teams that needed them that way. Like I just think it was so incredible that Nike was like, hey, we want to work with you guys. We want to make this happen. 
I, it was all over my Twitter feed yesterday. I mean, I'm somebody that follows a lot of accounts that kind of promote this whole movement. But even, you know, from accounts that I wouldn't have necessarily expected to be, you know, quote, tweeting it, retweeting it, putting on their story, it was everywhere. And that was just so yeah. amazing to see. And especially, you know, over the course of the last month since the drama with the men's and women's NCAA tournaments kind of started up. And we'll get into that in a little bit. I've seen tweets from so many athletes, but not even just athletes, all over mm-hmm. celebrities that are like, let's invest in women's sports. I think it was Serena Williams' husband that had tweeted yeah. and was like, hey, at NCAA, it seems like you don't want to take control of yeah. the women's tournament. How about I take it off your hands and promote it? He's like, why it. don't I buy it? Yeah. And, and it's like, it's yeah. like the amount of money that he has that him and Serena together have. And he's obviously a huge supporter of women in sports being married to one of, if not the greatest female athlete of all time. And so just seeing like that on my timeline all the time where people are promoting it and it's kind of how that movement keeps building you're absolutely right 25 years and it's unfortunate that it's taken this long to take off but i think this year in particular is going to be huge and viewership is going to be up interactions on social media are going to be up it's going to be incredible and i'm so excited to watch yeah and i think going off of that i think one of the best parts about like what we're seeing with women in sports is the investment of celebrities. There's the NWSL has another club starting up, which is Angel City FC. And so they're not going to be in the Challenge Cup this season, but they will be next season. And I think the coolest thing is if you go look at their website and look at their founders, like the names on the list of the people invested in the football club, two years out from when it was going to be played, like you have names like Natalie Portman, Jennifer Gardner, Casey Neistat, and then you go all the way to Mia Hamm, who's an ex-U.S. Women's National Team player, and Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and Julie Foudy. And you just hear these names and you're like, okay, these people are investing in women's sports. They're on to something. We should be paying attention. And I think the world is finally catching on and seeing that, okay, this is not just like a little blurb. This is a trend and it's women's sports are here and they're here to stay. And they're increasing and kind of taking over the world a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And obviously we've been focusing on the WNBA so far in this episode, but like you said, NWSL has been growing incredibly as well. Mm -hmm. And the last major tennis tournament, it was a matchup between two owners of Mm -hmm. NWSL teams. And so there was like this whole thing. And that was just incredible to see because it's like, these female athletes are at the peak of their game, like they're top performance athletes, but it's more than just their performance. It's their presence in the game. It's mm-hmm. yeah, I'm an extremely talented athlete, but I want to promote and help other extremely talented athletes get noticed. And I think that's another way that the women's game is just going to continue to grow because like you said, there's all of these individuals like Mia Hamm, one of, if not the greatest American soccer mm-hmm. player of all time, not just women, like American soccer player, men all or women time. of all yeah. time. I mean, our women's team is vastly superior to our men's team, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> we um, could have a whole episode about that. 
I mean, I was fortunate enough to watch the U S women's national team play at the world cup in 2019 in Paris. And that is probably top five moments of my entire life. So it's just the atmosphere at that game in Paris packed stadium, thousands and thousands of screaming fans for the women's teams. It's, it's just so crazy to be around and it absolutely can be just as, and in many cases more impactful than those men's sports. So it's, it's just so incredible to see the movement continue to build and continue to rise. But as with every movement, there are opposition to that and different challenges that those people are going to have to face. One of which the most recent one that kind of gathered huge following on social media was the issues with the NCAA March Madness tournaments between the men's and the women's side some of the disparities that were highlighted, the food that they were served, the weight rooms, the facilities, the gift bags, and just overall kind of the support for each organization when it came to the COVID protocols and everything that went along with it. I don't know if you want to dive a little bit more into that. I know you have an article that you wanted to kind of go over that shares some of that information. Yeah, I think this is definitely something I wanted to touch on because it's something that's prevalent. And I think also... As an NCAA athlete, it's something that really bugged me the wrong way, especially since I'm a female NCAA athlete. But this year, the tournaments were played in a bubble format. And so that means that the women were in San Antonio and they had certain stadiums that they would go to to play at and they couldn't leave their rooms. They were quarantined because we're in a pandemic and the way the facilities were set up, if you looked at the men versus the women, like it, like there was a hotel gym that I've been to that was better than what the women got. A Holiday Inn hotel gym was better than the NCAA Women's National Tournament. What, like 12 dumbbells and a yoga mat? Like it, was, it, was like it was ridiculous. 12, yeah. And the highest weight was 30 pounds. Like I'm not a basketball player. Like I'm a lacrosse player. But I lift more than 30 pounds. Like, that's not the highest dumbbell I need. And they've got power forwards and centers that can easily lift more than that. I mean, Sedona Prince, who is kind of the icon that arose from Mm -hmm. this whole situation, could easily lift more than twice that. I think also, you mentioned Sedona Prince, which she was the one that broke the news on the athlete side. But there was Allie Kirshner, who is the strength and conditioning coach for Stanford, who... Congrats, they just won the national championship. But she posted just two very simple photos on Instagram, and it ended up going viral and being shared. And after that, the NCAA waited two days to make any comment, and they ended up saying, oh, sorry, like there wasn't enough space. And then players on TikTok, which social media is so prevalent, especially with name, image, and likeness, hopefully being passed soon and coming out. So athletes are starting to use their voices more and having people like Asia Wilson, Sabrina Unescu, like come out and start speaking on this and being like, this is so wrong. And then you had Sedona Prince. She didn't really use TikTok that much. Like she made funny videos, but her TikTok turned into a full-fledged day in the life of an athlete in March Madness. And she revealed there's a whole gigantic ballroom that's empty. And so their claim that there was no space was completely wrong. They sign off on these things. These things go through many parts 
of the NCAA to set up these bubbles. And yes, it was the first year that they were played in a bubble format because of the pandemic, but they were successful at the men's tournament. And then you saw the weight room and just the difference in the weight room. I think the men's weight room was maybe 400 times the amount of what the women had. Yeah. And I think the men's tournament also, they had like separate areas for each specific team for like COVID Mm -hmm. protocols, full team size weight areas that they were allowed to use. And then they would wipe everything down for the next team. And there was like six or seven of those in each hotel. And it shows a pattern that we've been seeing for years now of the NCAA focusing their resources on certain events, certain sports, which isn't their mission. I mean, Title IX happened for a reason. One of the most influential legislative pieces of all time when it comes to to sports and especially women in sport. Yeah, I think it wasn't women's basketball holding themselves back. It was the NCAA. At the end of the tournament, I ended up creating this post that kind of outlined the statistics of the tournament. And I think one of the most eye-opening things for me is that the overall social media trends for women were up and the trends for men were down. The championship viewership was up 9% to 2019 for the women, but for the men, it was down 14%. So the NCAA could have actually lost money for holding women's basketball back. These disparities, they didn't hold the women back. They created their own ways. There were brands such as Orange Theory reaching out and Dick Sporting Goods, and they were like, we've got truckloads of stuff. You can come. The San Antonio area orange series were like, come use our gym. You can come use them for free because you need to be in tip top shape. Just because you make the tournament does not mean you need to stop lifting. With the entire tournament, every single game was viewed more than the 2019 tournament. The Sweet 16 was 67% more than what it was in 2019. And there were so many firsts in this tournament. So I think we can look at these positives and say, this was the first year that all first and second round games were broadcast nationally. And so everybody got a chance to see every single game. And so then we get to the championship and final four weekend and the championship game had 4.1 million viewers as an average, the audience peaked at 5.3 million viewers. And that's something you could say to someone that's like, oh, people don't watch women's sports. 5.3 million people would disagree with you because they were watching. And that's just one game. I mean, if you total up the number of people that at some point in the month of March, even if it's one minute, minimum 10 million, 15 million, the viewership was incredible. I mean, personally, I didn't even watch the men's championship game, but -hmm. I watched the entirety of the women's championship game and it was such a better game. I mean, the men's game was a a blowout. I didn't even want to watch it. But the women's game, I mean, that battle and the comeback by Arizona, led by one of, if not the best player in the country. I mean, just seeing that fight and seeing their coach, who has become an incredible advocate for women in sports. I mean, they said like she was pumping breastfeeding at halfteme of the national championship. Yeah. She was late to coming out. Yeah. 
the ESPN reporters were like, let's normalize that. We're not going to censor that it's personal. Like she wants people to know, hey, I'm a mom. I'm a black female. I can do this. You can do this. Anybody can do this. And that's just so incredible to see. Once again, like we talked about earlier with Serena, there are people that are trying to help build the game while they're still part of the game. Yeah, and I think something going off of that is even with that coach from Arizona, they went through some hardships. And then you go over to Stanford, they weren't allowed to play at their college because of Santa Clara County restrictions. So they were on the road for the entire 2021 season. So to be able to go through that and some of the players were like, I didn't even want to go to practice some days. Like that's how hard mentally it was on them. And I think this year as you and I can agree, because we are both student athletes, this has been the most mentally tolling year for us. So I can't even imagine being at the highest level being like, Oh my gosh, we made it to the bubble. Like there's finally a place where we get to thrive. Well, then they get there and all these disparities happen, but what do they do? They overcome it because that's, all they know how to do is overcome adversity because they've had to do it so often. No, and I, absolutely. And they yeah. talked about another thing with the Arizona head coach. She had her baby like a week or two into their season. Yeah. And she came back. She, she said in an interview that she was going through film less than a week after she gave birth. Think yeah. about how incredible that is. The toll that that takes on someone's body and then the fact that two, three days later, she's like, all right, girls, let's get going. Let's kick this into gear. And she ended up leading them to a national championship game, their first time in the Final Four, their first national championship game, all while dealing with so much adversity. And that's like you said, that's all that they know. They've used that as an advantage. They've said, you want to doubt us? You want to place us below other sports and other athletes? Good for you you're wrong. We're going to prove to you that you're yeah. wrong. It's definitely fuel to the fire. And I think another thing, she's not just a mom off the court. Like she's a mom to all her players on the court. And you, I just have such a high level of respect for her because she is so well-spoken. And there was some drama that came out about her talking to her team after they made the final four. And she was just having this private moment with her team. And we all know all our coaches say stuff that is a private moment. And it's something to empower your team. They were so doubted that they didn't think they'd make it there. And so they got so excited. And I think we always say, oh, she messed up one. That's it. And you cut it there. You're like, okay, the woman's coach messed up once. The woman's player messed up once. But I think it's that mentality that keeps women in sports fighting so hard for what they want to come out with, which is a national championship or just to be recognized. No, absolutely. And I know another thing that I saw after the national championship game was all over the sports world, coaches, players, et cetera, that tweeted, if you're a high school female that plays basketball right now, you're looking at Arizona. That coach, those players personified everything that the women's game is right now and everything that needs to continue happening. And if you're a player, that's the kind of coach you want to play for. That's the kind of coach that is going to take your ability and push you to the next level while still, like you said, being that mother figure, empowering you. I think another coach that was very influential during this tournament was the University of South Carolina head coach, Don Staley. 
And this is what's so cool about women's sports is you see these stories and these connections and all these coaches lifting each other as they rise. So Caroline Peck gave a piece of her net that she cut off from the 1999 national title that she won with Purdue to Coach Dawn. And she kept that in her wallet until she won her own title in 2017, which is so cool. So you just see that coaching tree. And then after Sunday's game, Daly told Adia Barnes that she would be giving her part of her 2017 net. So you just see this connection of women and they're cheering each other on and they're champions of women's sports and they're champions of motivating and helping each other. Yes, they're competitors when they're playing against each other, but when the buzzer goes off, they're best friends and they're mentors to each other. And I think that's something that's so cool and admirable about women's sports is everybody's in it together. It's kind of like a little special club that you're in. And I think it's so cool, especially people like Jaden, for all the listeners out there, Jaden does a lot for women's sports. Men can support women in sports. It's getting pretty out there. And I think in order to bring us into this next phase of this movement, it's time for the men to become women's sports fans because there's one place women can go that men can't and that's grow into a new era of sport and, and a new era of viewership. And I think that's something that we're seeing now and we're going to continue to see. You're 100% right that women have been supporting women as we've talked about so many times throughout this episode already, but it's gotten to that point where throughout the tournament, we saw, you know, the likes of Steph Curry mm-hmm. came out and was huge and was like, Hey, NCAA, figure this out. You guys should be better than this. You need to be better. Give the women the same resources, the same opportunities as the men. And Mm -hmm. when you have a player like that, LeBron James tweeted about it. Steph Curry tweeted about it. These are two of the best basketball players of our generation coming out and saying, hey, you need to do better NCAA. And the more that people like that get involved, the more that they continue to promote women in sport, like Steph Curry has has a daughter. He's a girl dad, yeah. And someday, presumably... She's going to be a baller in some She's going to be an absolute baller. That kid is going to do some great things in the sports world Mm -hmm. if that's what she chooses to do. And it's not just because he has a daughter. I mean, he sees the glaring disparities. Anybody that has any knowledge about the world knows that there are disparities. And I think just the more that the men get involved... And and it's not that like the men have to get involved for this to be successful because the women are doing an incredible job. Yeah. It's not one of those scenarios where the men need to get involved in order to push the women forward. No, 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 no. The women are pushing themselves forward. Yeah, we the don't men need, need the men. The men need <laughs> to become five? allies. The men need to exactly. become allies and they need to continue to support by listening and understanding what the females have to say. Because those men's basketball players, they didn't deal with those. Steph Curry didn't deal with that same disparities throughout his time as an NCAA basketball player at Davidson because the men's tournament was always front and center. It was always the national championship and the women's national championship. ESPN did do something the other day. Exactly. a huge step in the right direction. And they started adding men's game, men's final, men's championship. Something else that we could see is NCAA using that branding of March Madness on the women's tournament as well. Because 
they had a different core for every single round. It's that first round, second round, Elite Eight, Sweet 16, National Championship. They didn't have any special courts. They were playing on the courts that the university play on. Yeah. And then once you got higher up into the rounds, it was women's basketball with an NCAA logo. And then the only special court they got was the Final Four court. They didn't even have a national championship court. The national championship was played on the Final Four court. Yeah. It's just those little things. Little things, that, yeah. That get so frustrating because it's such an easy fix. You think about how much money the women's tournament brought in this year. Like you said, viewership mm-hmm. was up. People were invested. Without fans. Without like, fans, viewership times, was up. Yeah. It's incredible. Like when we got into the higher rounds, yes, there were fans. And yes, there was a limited amount of fans in the lower rounds. But think about if this was played in a non-pandemic year. The amount of money that would have been generated, but it also showed the glaring disparities within the NCAA, not just in women's basketball, but we're also seeing it in the volleyball tournament. They're being broadcast. They're not being... But there's there are no um, commentators. Put me and Kaylin on a mic. Let us commentate this volleyball. The opportunity is there, but they're holding the athletes back. That, Like you said earlier, the women are not holding themselves back when it comes to athletics. They're pushing themselves forward. These institutions are what's holding them back. And that's just so frustrating to see. If they are all about the profit, a woman's sports are profitable too, and you're holding back. Like they could have made a bunch more money if you would have them more resources or even give them the light of day on your social yeah. media. Tying everything together now that we are back on the topic of social media, as we have already mentioned, Kaylin here is the founder of More Than Just Balls, which is an incredible page dedicated to women in sports. Kaylin, do you just want to talk a little bit about how that has grown? I think we're at about 400 followers. Billie Jean King followed us, and I think I can credit her to helping More Than Just Balls grow so much, and she is always reposting the stuff that I post. And she's just a great champion of women's sports. And then you also see these men starting to follow, like John Cena follows our Twitter account and interacts with it on pretty much a weekly basis. And so that's something that's also really cool is like seeing these men notice women's sports. But then you get down to this community that I've kind of found myself in. Shameless plug, go follow more than just balls. I keep the page up to date with the most recent information and breaking news every single day, posting, making sure that everybody's getting informed of what's going on. And then also just broadcasting all the amazing stories and showcasing these women that are doing these amazing things, breaking feelings and making history. And with that said, more than just balls, I don't know where it's going to go. I'm invested in it and I'm going to stick with it and it's my baby, but it could grow even more and that would be amazing. But the fact that it's just even changing a little bit of the landscape for women in sports and helping increase the 4% media coverage that women's sports has right now is incredible in its own. And every time I get a DM from a little girl that's like, this is what I need. I don't see girls showcased on ESPN as often as I do see boys. So little things like that, that'll keep me going. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. We're hopefully releasing t-shirts soon. So works with that. And then also we have stickers being sold right now. So you can head over to the link in more than just bio. I just want to thank you for having me on the podcast. 
it's been a great talk and women are truly changing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is a topic that obviously you're extremely passionate about. And since I've met you and all of the other incredibly empowering female athletes and females in general that I've met through the hidden opponent, it's become a passion of mine as well. And I just want to say thank you for bringing that aspect of women in sports and gender equity and equality in the women's game, bringing those kind of things to the front line. Once again, I just want to give a huge thank you to Kaylin Bushhorn for joining us on this week's episode of Rise Above Your Mind. I hope you all enjoyed listening and I hope you all have a great week.